Hello and welcome to Ismini's a podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who never leaves home without his striped sweater. Josh Hemo is literally my favorite possession. Yeah, I don't know how you do it in the summer, especially here in New York, but here you are wearing a striped sweater as we're recording this. You learn to adapt really quickly and wear a lot of deodorant. <laughs> you improvise, adapt, and you overcome. Exactly. Well, uh, thank you all for joining us. This is our podcast where we watch SpongeBob and discuss nice little lessons that we learn, like to always wear a striped sweater because it's, you know, it's great. It's wonderful. Always a good time to wear a striped sweater. Oh, yeah. And then we just kind of like talk about the episode as well. But we're watching season three, episode seven, as seen on TV and Can You Spare a Dime? Act one, as seen on TV. So, in this act of this episode, the Krusty Krab decides to put on a commercial, and Squidward has some really great, big, grandiose ideas, and of course, Mr. Krabs, being the cheap that he is, decides to just make his own little uh, commercial. And when this commercial airs at the whopping time of 3.28 a.m., SpongeBob is super excited that he gets to be kind of in it in the background. Um, and starts thinking that he is famous when someone recognizes him on the street, but not as SpongeBob, the person from the commercial, but as Brand Flakes. And so the fame kind of gets to his head, and uh, he thinks that everyone is a big fan of his. And he ends up quitting the Krusty Krab and uh, sings a song in there. There's other stuff that happens, but we'll get to that as we're talking about the episode so to start things off josh i wanted to ask you do you think anyone actually saw the crusty crab commercial i don't think anyone did you know i i I say that but you know when i still had cable i was one of those people who were up until like five or six like watching tv with Mm -hmm. the insomnia and you sometimes you catch those like commercials or whatever right yeah all i remember uh this kind of reminded me of it when it was like 3:28 a.m. is like I remember when I was younger and I did get a chance to like actually watch TV late at night and I was like, "Ooh, I'm going to watch like the shows I'm not allowed to watch, like South Park and stuff because my parents didn't let me watch stuff like that." And then like at 2 in the morning, all you would see is like, "Call me now." blah 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 blah. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> hot sexy singles near you. And then like Girls Gone Wild commercials and then like paid programming for like some random product. But like it's like a thirty minute ad for like some very specific product, and I'm like, how do you do thirty minutes of one, one thing? One knee brace made out of copper or some shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone saw it in Bikini Bottom either. Like, I try to think of like who, what character would might might be watching it, but um. Maybe Patrick when he wakes up to have his Krabby Patty. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I don't know. No, I don't think so. No, it's kind of funny. I think it's like Mr. Krabs calling it a prime time slot. But it's yeah. I guess in the reality, it's kind of sad that some people that's all they can afford, right? Hmm. Yeah, I'm like I'm sure that he just talked it in. I don't think he probably even paid for any of it. No, I doubt it. But uh, let's talk about the actual commercials. So the commercials actually. It's pretty cheesy. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, he really leans into, like, the really classic, like, 
oh hi amy hi jen and it's good word in the in the, the blonde wig the blonde wig yeah um and like the thing i like the most about the commercial is the editing like it's cut really badly it's like the crusty crab and it cuts to the crusty crab and then like off it's like slightly off a couple frames and it comes back to mr krabs and he's like oh you never had a krabby patty and it's like that yeah he's like shock face it's a good reaction gift. I gotta look for that. Yeah, and use it more often. There's like wow. the boom operator who keeps like <laughs> hitting Mr. Krabs in the head. Yeah, my question is, who filmed it? Filmed it? Do you think maybe SpongeBob did it all? Yeah, I mean there are shots with him in the background, but so they're like, like steady shots. I guess not. I guess the one where he's like in the kitchen, it's not. Or maybe it was the clown. Yeah. Oh yeah, because the clown was still there. <laughs> I like how the clown was just there for uh moral support. Moral support. Yeah. <laughs> So, as someone who works on films and stuff, uh, do you think you need a clown on set at all times? Uh, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Like, uh, I would argue that a nice, a really good AD is worth more than any clown. <laughs> I'd rather have an AD that makes me feel like the entire time, but keeps me on time, than a clown who's, like, just there. Obviously, it was AD who was a clown. You got a million dollar idea, Josh. You should, uh, you should pitch that <laughs> to the studios, the network execs. Shark Tank, here I come. <laughs> Wait a minute. What if we get an AD and a clown? Put them together. He put them together. <laughs> Every Hollywood studio will want one. Trust me. Oh, yeah. That might revitalize the clown business. I know they took a hit because of those clowns that are walking around. Uh, Before the election. Remember? Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. That doesn't really happen anymore. And no huh? one just really like random well, clowns. There was no explanation. It was just kind of happened and then after the election it just went away. Yeah. Maybe it was like a weird rip in some dimensional something or other. We're seeing clowns from a different uh universe. Yeah. In the universe where Trump didn't get elected. They were coming to warn us. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I hope not. Plus, also, it came out, so I'm sure that doesn't help the clown industry at all either. Zero uh, percent. But uh, but yeah, I'm glad to see that clowns have a profession somewhere, and especially in the future of you, uh, combining them with assistant directors. Yeah, I'll take all the credit. I was gonna ask. So when Mister in the commercial itself, uh, Mister Krabs mm-hmm. like explains how the patty comes together, and he specifically mentions the secret sauce. And that's, yeah. uh, I think we could hear it another time too. I always wonder what the secret sauce is. Do you think this is part of the secret recipe or do you think that this is something separate? Hmm. I know. I would argue that the secret, I don't know, maybe where in the timeline is it? Maybe like the secret ingredient or whatever makes the Krabby Patty taste good can go anywhere in the burger. Oh, oh, maybe. You know, like yeah. maybe it can be in a sauce. Maybe sometimes it is a secret sauce. And maybe maybe sometimes it's in the buns. Maybe it's in the patty. I like to think it's the actual patty that has like. That's what I've always assumed. Secret ingredient. Yeah. Because you know? that's uh, like I, the meat. That's the best part of a burger. Yeah. Is a patty, so. But like, I also do think that maybe it's just the animators being like, oh, and the secret formula, but they don't know. They didn't decide then. They didn't have like a style book that says, oh, the secret. Crappy Petty formula so is like always put a secret sauce on there. Yeah, it's a secret sauce instead of an actual. Uh... It definitely looked like some hot sauce, that, like some chulula or something. <laughs> it did look like literally just ketchup. 
It looked a little it's warm. just like red. Yeah. <laughs> it's just red. Um, Maybe that's all it is. <laughs> uh, what do you think about uh, Bran Flakes? Do you think Bran Flakes has a secret, like, because it's like bold flavor? You know, do you think they're at, they're, do you think they're that good, or do you think it's like, well, like, uh, let me ask you this: How do you feel about like Raisin Bran? I was gonna say, so Raisin Bran growing up was one of my favorite cereals. Are you like the most boring child? I guess so, hundred percent. There are like a uh, like a long list of cereals that are like ten times better than Raisin Bran. Hundred percent. Every cereal is better than Raisin Bran, except for Wheaties, because you know what Wheaties is? What? It's Raisin Bran without raisins. <laughs> I guess I just really like the raisins. Maybe that's all it was. <laughs> it was just like crappy, I can't imagine crappy a frosted child. flakes <laughs> and some I just raisins. Can't imagine any child liking r- Raisin Bran, but let alone oh, I love Raisin Bran because it has raisins. Yo, in I it. I was a healthy kid. This is, that's bull. <laughs> you have Lucky Charms. We're literally the cereal. I would argue the cereal, which everyone kind of hates in Lucky Charms, tastes better than all of Raisin Bran. <laughs> yeah, it is a messed up palate, I guess. I liked Raisin Bran, but then I like tuna with Skittles in it. So like, there's no explanation to You're my a childhood. Monster. That's the explanation. <laughs> you got problems. But I can see why all people like it. It's all about that fiber, you know. I remember when I was younger, I used to literally put sugar in it. Really? Yeah, I remember like. I especially when I was younger when I ate raisin bran like I would always end up putting like a little bit of like a spoonful of sugar basically <laughs> in there to counteract it. And then there was a like a see like a like a short time in my life where I was like, "Oh, I need to eat Wheaties cuz it's the breakfast of champions and it's healthy." And it, they just suck. Like they yeah. just soak up milk and then they get real like nasty. Nasty soggy. Yeah. It's kind of like a cinnamon like toast paper. crunch. Yeah. Yeah, like cinnamon toast crunch and like a uh, golden grams when they get soggy they're just disgusting yeah there's like you a know, they like they break apart you gotta find the right cereal that has like a good time limit in milk mm-hmm. i found like golden yeah. puffs are pretty good the corn like, puff cereal yeah and then maybe it's just my milk ratio fatima and i have been buying this uh off-brand s'more cereal that i've been really into yeah it's like cocoa puffs marshmallows that were are kind of similar to like the texture of um basically every cereal marshmallow okay and then uh golden grams okay i think is the other one that's pretty solid it's pretty solid yeah it's pretty solid what i really wish though is that it kind of tasted the milk tasted a little better at the end of it oh does it not taste chocolatey not really not as chocolatey as you think it tastes Uh i think the golden grams make it more you should uh make your own s'more cereal i could yeah Uh, the problem the biggest problem we i think we would run into is the marshmallows yeah. Well, is it really any cereals or like cereal marshmallows out there? I don't think. Yeah. Only see like special order them. This is like a bon appetit kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey Claire, can you remake <laughs> this really generic s'mores marshmallow that only Key Foods has ever sold? XOXO Omar. <laughs> yeah. I think she'd hate that. Uh, so let's get back to the episode. Um, I really was very frustrated with spongebob through this entire episode yeah um because he reminds me of a lot of like uh youtubers Mm -hmm. i think they can start being actors and i don't want to be offensive to certain youtubers because there are youtubers that like are just actors that went on youtube and then they got a following and their real passion was acting and that's how they got 
into it. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're trying to break into the industry using YouTube. Yeah. I respect that. But it doesn't mean that you're a good actor just because you make funny YouTube videos that get clicks, you know? And YouTube's a very different medium than film, I think, altogether. Like, yeah. I watch YouTube to, like, I don't know, it's, like, a peek into someone's life sometimes. It's also, like, it's funny. You're just, like, there to, like, laugh with someone. I'm not there mm-hmm. to see, like, an actor, like, show off, right? Yeah. It, it is, a, like, a very different medium. Yeah. At least like, what I, originally was. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know about YouTube Red and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but SpongeBob is, like, I think he just let it go way too into his head. Like, it was a little crazy that how quickly he just started, like, I don't know, like, imagining all these people, like, wanting to be uh like his signature and thinking that he could sing and all this other stuff it's like i love that part where he's like uh who should i make this out to and he's like to my tail fin and he makes it <laughs> and he then still he does it gives it to squidward yeah. and squidward's like super confused i was surprised that squidward was like i don't know that was like a sexual harassment situation for squidward yeah because he's like he instantly looked at his own butt and was like <laughs> hmm um, but one thing I do want to bring up with the commercial is um, I see this a lot in my line of work. <clears throat> wow. The, a lot of clients who are like, we want a commercial, but we don't want to spend any money on it. And then they get upset when they come out with like a crappy commercial. Although I don't think Mr. Krabs, I think Mr. Krabs is really satisfied with his commercial. But I think it's also a very important lesson to stay under budget or have a budget, you know? Yeah. Keep Keep it in mind when you're doing your creative pursuits. Yeah, well, and be realistic with your creative pursuits. Know mm-hmm. that if you're shooting like a local restaurant commercial, it's not going to be anything like a Pepsi ad at the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, unless it goes viral. Yeah, maybe then. But usually, those commercials only go viral because they're real terrible. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh yeah. Or they're like so like crazy incredible that's like oh my god. Or they're like one of those Doritos ads. Yeah, yeah. Which is that's a whole other can of worms <laughs> I don't want to open right now. I'm curious about what Squidward had planned because he like at one point he's like oh we need the uh, useless junk for like scene 28 or something like that. I was like how long is this commercial gonna be? I mean, here's the thing: is like you could do a commercial that has a lot of small scenes in it. Like it would just be kind of like a waste of money. Like you could have twenty eight I could see a commercial having twenty eight scenes. But like like one of those commercials where you know how there's like a quick montage of like someone growing up and it's like them as a kid and then uh, yeah. older okay. and whatever and like then they go, Oh, something something happens in a moment and then it's like an ad for a car. Or, or like any medicine commercial ever where it's just random scenes of random crap. Oh yeah, I, I definitely that. worked on those where yeah. it's like <laughs> Does this person do yoga? No, but we're out here doing it anyways. This is Zoloft. <laughs> yeah. Um. I also one lesson that I wanted to get out of this is being famous is kind of overrated because there's always gonna be people who don't know who the f- you are and not give f- about who you are. I can't tell you this. There's a couple people that I um have met just because of living in New York or working where I am, or even Fatima has met and like, we'll tell people and then they'll be like, who's that? And even like, if you're in the industry, it's like, like, I like to think that everyone knows who Lin-Manuel Miranda is, but it doesn't really mean that you, you do. Yeah. Everyone does, you know? Yeah. 
Well, I think it's so hard nowadays because there's so many celebrities everywhere, so many influencers, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So if I can mention like this big celebrity on YouTube and people don't know who the hell they are, right? So, or like, again, like you uh, mentioned Lin-Manuel, like you can mention that to someone who doesn't watch theater and they're like, who's that? I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Or they know what Hamilton is, but they don't know who Lin-Manuel is. Exactly. You know, it's, it's weird how fame works that way where like, oh, I worked with so-and-so and then it's like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Like, or I don't really care. There, there are people who like, they'd be like, oh yeah, I worked with this person and they go like, oh yeah, I don't really watch anything they do or yeah, but they like, I don't really, they're not impressed at all, which is like, it's a weird, I find it when people brag about the people they've worked with, like, oh, I, I talked to this guy or talked to this actress and she's best friends with me. And it's like, yeah, cool. but it doesn't affect my life. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter to me yeah even if the person is cool i'm like oh that's really nice like were they cool that's like literally the only thing that i want to know about a famous person the is persona were, were they nice to you yeah yeah because i'm always curious in that regard it's like like kanye west is a real asshole in real life is he nice to you though yeah you know as a production person yeah i actually had a customer friend who used to be a stylist for him Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Was he nice to her? He was, actually. He says that the his, it's kind of like a front sometimes, his crazy persona and stuff. Sometimes I just, I don't know. That's, a, again, a whole other can yeah. of worms. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of singing, you like this segue? Yeah, that's good. Uh, Striped Sweater, a classic, but not one of the strongest SpongeBob songs in my no, opinion. No, but honestly, it's one of the ones that growing up that I remember the most. Like, mm -hmm. I remember a lot of my friends, like, when they would come to school with a sweater, like, that would be the song they would sing, right? Yeah. No one wore striped sweaters. No. It's like wearing, like, a red and green sweater, and everyone's like, oh, look, it's Freddy Krueger. Right. <laughs> it's a striped sweater. You're just like, best time to wear a striped sweater. Oh, damn, that falsetto. Wow. Thank you. Even uh, That wasn't SpongeBob. <laughs> that was actually me. I know it's hard to. That was really impressive. Bubble break time. You ready? Always ready. Okay. So I kind of want to take a leaf out of a SpongeBob book here uh, and kind of discuss what you would do or what job you would leave your current job for. Hmm. I think if I would make like a major career switch, there would be like two things and it would have to be like surefire things. It would be uh, either if someone was like, hey, you're going to be a lighting designer for something big. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm talking like Disney big. Yeah. I think I would quickly change or like some type of Imagineer situation because that's something when I was younger I've always wanted to do. Or like some type of restaurant owner thing. Yeah. Where they would be like, oh, okay, Omar, we have like this really good business opportunity. It's, you're guaranteed to make this much, but you have to like drop what you're doing so that way you can own like a restaurant. Cause I've always wanted like, I've always wanted that to like have my own business that I like help build up from the ground up. Yeah, and kind of pass on to family eventually or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't even like pass it on. Like just like I like the idea of making an experience for people. Yeah, I think that's why I also like pick the career that I pick now, and also like why I would do like Imagineering because it's all about like, oh, I'm going out and I'm trying to have a good time. Yeah, 
and like what do i do to have a good time and like some people just go out to like just been in so many restaurants where the service is so bad especially here in new york like new york has like some of the best restaurants in the world but the worst service crappy crappy servers yeah yeah which uh i don't know yeah i'm not i don't really dig it what about you um i think that i i mean i I really like creating stuff um Mm -hmm. and sometimes i get like a bug to try to do something more so i think i'd like to try animation eventually and like do uh i saw when i I did a tour of uh, pixar studios when i was in berkeley and Mm -hmm. like they had a whole like section of art from their uh lighting department and stuff and i was like oh this is really cool and that was like something i was really interested in um so something like that um but i think i'd also really like to own a bar like i want i want to like i think it'd be really cool to like have some sort of like theme bar that i can like i don't know do something with and like combining the two i've thought about it like a bar that offers animators a place to go and people can watch them like create animations and stuff in the bar. And they just drink and animate for like a major motion picture or not even. Yeah. That, or it doesn't have to be like a major thing, but like it gives an opportunity for like artists and stuff to come in and like just sit down and people can like watch them animate like on a big screen or something like that. I think people would be kind of into that, but I've, I've definitely had like an idea for a bar concept that I will not say on the podcast because I like it so much. You I don't want anyone else to know about it. it. Yeah, but I, I might have like uh, mentioned it to you before, but I'll I'll mention it to you. But like, I definitely like the idea of owning, again, just owning like a business that is an experience for people. Yeah, yeah. I thought about a restaurant before. Like, I've had my uh, family on my uh, on yeah, just my family has like owned restaurants before. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't think I really like the idea of serving food and, like, that whole thing. I don't know. Bars, like, yeah. especially in New York, like, it's such an experience to just be in a bar with people. And I think that's mm-hmm. cool. I think it's, like, the idea of, like, it's just a place to hang out more so than a restaurant. And it's such a weird thing, like, because I was at, like, for example, I've been to, there's two bars that I've been to recently. And they both had live live music. One of them was very small, literally was like a duo with only two like people. And they, it was like a really fun experience having them. But then you're like talking as they're like playing and they're like almost like five feet away from you. And then I've been to like an even fancier bar where they have like live jazz and like they, it's like, like I'm talking about like $16 for like the cheapest cocktail kind of bar. And they have some cool stuff. But then again, you can't like really hear them. But then there's people who slowly go to the bar just because like, they want the atmosphere of like music playing in the back that is live and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, it's like a weird mix like of like, Oh, well how do you have customers that they play like live, but also like can still have like a date night or a conversation. Cause like most of the time, like I like live music, but I gotta be in the right mood for it. And especially not when I'm trying to like talk to people, (laughs) talk to a big group or something for like someone's birthday, you know? Yeah. And that's that's hard too with bars, you know. It's it's you usually can't talk to people in a giant bar. You know, you go to Rudy's, like you're not gonna be able to talk to anyone in there if oh, you're not yeah. screaming. You have to be like screaming, yeah. So or you're two feet away, or it's like a Tuesday at like twelve, and no one else is in there. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I, and I think that's like what's fun is that you can make a bar literally anything you want it to be, yeah. right? And you're gonna get yeah. some sort of customer base because that's people are looking for a different experience just to hang out somewhere. Yeah, there's like so many speakeasies and everything like that. Yeah, I find it very interesting that both of our like, like oh, would we change or drop something? Like there's somehow like service based, like the like the food based or like drink based. Like owning a business is basically like one of them. Yeah, and I think it comes from like we're both in some like entertainment in- industry somehow, right? Yeah. So I think a different set of skills comes from being, or what dif- the different set of skill would be the service industry, and I haven't dabbled yeah. in that, so that would be that's why I kind of want to try it out. Yeah, and we should up a we should open up a place. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, figure it out when we get. Well, uh, you guys will come to Ismene's a podcast the bar experience it's literally just a giant jar of mayonnaise <laughs> i'll say is mayonnaise a bar is a, i don't know we're gonna there's is gonna mayonnaise be a restaurant there's gonna be a pop-up in new york in about a year now because of this uh yeah right then we're gonna get sued by nickelodeon act two can you spare a dime no i can't can i wait a quarter no Damn it. <laughs> i don't have any money to spare you josh stop asking me uh, one day <laughs> anyways uh so in this act uh squidward gets accused by mr krabs of stealing his first dime and quits the crusty crab and uh because he doesn't have a job ends up homeless and out of the kindness of his heart spongebob lets him into his home and after a long 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 time of just basically mooching off of Spongebob. Spongebob has has had it, and he drags Squidward all the way back to the Krusty Krab and forces Mr. Krab to get uh, Squidward's job back. It turns out that Mr. Krab's first time was in his pocket the entire time. So Classic. Classic. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I don't really... There were parts of this episode that I didn't really, really remember. It was like the... Uh, old dime falling out of Mr. Krabs' pocket was something that I didn't remember as a kid, which I thought was funny. It's always cool when like you, we watch these episodes and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is weird that I don't remember this at all. There's only two things I remember from this episode. The part where he's like, oh, we're like brothers, only closer. Yeah. And then he lifts up his shirt and they have like a conjoined twin heartbeat which we'll come back situation. to that i'll come back to that <laughs> yeah. and then the other i would argue the most up part of the episode is like squidward begging for change oh yeah in the which box. like i didn't know it was as problematic as it was yeah but like he never says oh i'm homeless or i'm broke he literally says i'm a loser yeah and i'm like that is a very negative connotation to give to homeless people to homeless people. Yeah. I was like, this is really tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, watching yeah. it the sec- uh, whatever bajillion time around, I was like, this is uh, this is not very nice. Yeah, Squidward's definitely... Kind thing. You know, and we see a lot of Squidward kind of getting the short end of the stick a lot when it comes to karma and stuff. But I feel like this episode, mm-hmm. he was just a whole the entire oh, time. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He... Just like quit the crusty crab, literally could have done anything he wanted. Um, mm-hmm. Instead, like he clearly just didn't do anything, and then mooched off SpongeBob. Like and it was such told of SpongeBob the entire time. Yeah, and it, like I really wish 
they would have shown us what Squidward did after he quit the Krusty Krab. Yeah. Like, did he just waste all his money? Did he just not do anything? Did he get a different job? Did he get fired from some other place? Did he not have a job, you know? Yeah. Because, like, I don't know, just making him homeless and then having him, like, basically pull, I just, like, they're not things that every... Like, I'm sure there are homeless people who are assholes. Yeah. I'm not going to say that there aren't. But a lot of the homeless people I've interacted with either have mental health issues that need to be addressed, addictions that need to be addressed, or uh, they're actually very, very nice and very, very modest. Like, yeah. they, they're just down on their luck. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I was really surprised that, like, Squidward didn't have any savings or something, you know? To fall back on at all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a that's a lesson is to make sure that you are at least saving a little bit of money. I know it's hard sometimes, but mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen. Some crazy crap can happen to you and you're going to need to fall back on something and you can't rely on credit cards all the time. I feel like people with consistent jobs have a harder time saving. Yeah, I've noticed like, that too. <laughs> freelancers have to save. Yeah. Like if you don't have a job, like I literally, I was telling Josh today, I was offered a gig. I was going to get paid pretty decent amount and within the uh, this person texted me at noon i texted them like five minutes to six minutes after they did not text me back till like three hours four hours later and they were like oh never mind we don't need you so i went from having like almost a quarter to half of my rent paid to having zero dollars yeah and the work was supposed to be for tomorrow so like I feel like most freelancers, they if they are doing pretty decently, know that oh okay, well I have to prepare for like the dry di- the dry spells and like the the months that are gonna be thin as far as work goes. But I feel like people who have consistent work, they're like oh well I'm getting paid next week or whatever, and like they, they neglect their savings. They eat out all the time, and that's what's crazy is like a lot of friends that do have and family that have consistent jobs. I always ask them like oh how's your savings doing like and stuff like that. You know just like talking about finances and crap yeah. as you do um and they're like oh i don't really have anything saved up i was like how how do you go to sleep at night knowing you don't have like something to fall back on like that terrifies yeah. me that scares me yeah you can like break your leg and you know boom out of work yeah anything can happen so yeah it's very save up you could end up in a box like squidward <laughs> and then, like eating your the art. biggest thing <laughs> the last thing i want to like mention is like with like retirement too mm. is like if you have a and this is just a PSA a small lesson for you that's actually a very very important life lesson if you have employer funded uh retirement like a 401k or something like that and they're going to match it you better be putting something in there yeah even a little bit the sooner that you retire you put that in the better i'm just saying that now we can move on we can go to the to next thing is many as a podcast the financial podcast <laughs> yeah i'm not a huge like financial guru but i can tell you that the sooner you get that stuff like especially if your employer matches it one for one yeah. like oh oh you got it good bruh you got it good it's like i had that in arizona for a whole year shout and out i saw that money just sitting that in that government account. job yeah yeah, compounding that interest. What's up? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, well, I don't think it's compounding interest anymore. Well, it's just sit. It's just there. <laughs> still, uh, but but yeah. Okay. Um, Speaking of jobs thing, and stuff. Oh, you go. Yeah. Ahead. 
Well, no, you like actually you hit it. Like speaking uh, of jobs and stuff, one of the small lessons I had was be aware of your coworkers. There's that little moment where SpongeBob was like, "Oh, I had no idea you didn't like the job." Yeah, and we've seen for the last three seasons that Squidward hates his job. Oh yeah, and we even saw in the last act that he was like excited to possibly be fired. Right? Yeah, I think Squid or SpongeBob lives in this little bubble that everything's so great and the job is so wonderful that maybe he ignores how miserable squidward yeah, is all the time it's a very strong place of privilege yeah that spongebob because like again we've brought to question spongebob's finances multiple times oh, yeah um i mean he just throws dimes at mr krabs towards the end of this but it's also like i, I don't know it's like there's so many times i see it in real life where people are like oh well i'm not having a hard time at my job like i don't see the big deal and especially like you know if you're a woman in the workplace and you're being like kind of like sexually harassed by the other coworkers. But like, you know, the dude coworkers is like, Oh, well I don't have any problem with it. Yeah. You know? So it's very much that this mirrors a lot real life scenario, which is kind of scary. Yeah. It is kind of scary. This act. Yeah. You know, and I mean, SpongeBob does turn around and offer help. You know, I do think it's kind of weird that, you know, we're talking about that in between time, or mm-hmm. where Squidward lost his house and everything, I'm assuming that yeah. SpongeBob didn't notice this all happening. He lives right yeah, next I'm like, door. Yeah, he lives next door. Yeah, like, and bothers how do you Squidward not every day. He's not there. Yeah. So there's a lot of like weird plot holes with this episode and stuff, which is fine. Um, but I wanted to talk about on a lighter note the three mm-hmm. jobs that Squidward mentions because I thought it was funny. Like I never expected him to. These were his go-to. It was a football player, a king, or a spaceman. Like, out of all the things that Squidward, I would think Squidward would want to do, I would never guess any of those at all. Maybe King, but that's that's a stretch. Yeah, it's not really a job. Yeah. It's like an inheritance, yeah. you know? Uh, what Out of those three, which one do you think would be better for Squidward? Um, you know, I think a football player would be pretty good for him. Really? He's got those tentacles. He can grip on the ball pretty well, right? I'm very pro spaceman. Oh, yeah. I like seeing uh, Squidward in his little space, his space suit. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I was like, I could see Squidward as a spaceman. Yeah. I could see. Okay. Either or. Definitely not King, though. Not a King. Because <laughs> that's not really a job. Or a football playing King in space. Oh. Yeah. I think I, I'd let that. I'd let that. I'd let that happen. Yeah. I do love the thing that he says to SpongeBob. I think it's such an amazing thing. I might use it someday. I was like, there's something I've been wanting to say to you since the day we met. Goodbye. (laughs) And I think that's such a, like, I imagine, like, imagine you're retiring from a company, like old school retiring, where you've been to the company like 40 years. And then you say, well, everybody, there's something I wanted to say that I've been wanting to say since we've, we've all met. And since I started working here. And then everyone looks at you and you're like, goodbye. And you just leave. That's your whole like speech. I want to do that one day. As you take eat your retirement cake and get your gold watch <laughs> you, you or whatever the scoop it out the do. retirement cake with your own hand like your hand and walk out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but let's talk about this mooch squidward mm-hmm. that exists. Um I l- SpongeBob's a really great host. Like, you know, it takes a lot to help someone who's really down on their feet. And it it's easier, I think, with someone that you know. Yeah. Like, it's still a lot of work to welcome someone like that into your home. Yeah. well, And I've always, like, kind of hoped that I could be that person where, like, oh, like, 
I really wish there was resources that I could have that I could make like a homeless person. Like I could have them stay or like even, I think so many times, like how many homeless people just go without a shower yeah. who could need one, who would need one, you know? But like, I don't ever, ever see a scenario where I feel secure enough in my own home to be like, I'm going to let a stranger in and have them shower. Even if it's like an act of kindness, right. it's very, it's a very scary prospect well especially you know with family and stuff you know you don't want to mm-hmm. invite a stranger you don't know what's going to happen you don't know who they are and like you're not i'm not yeah. saying that the people are bad but that anything could happen right and you have yeah. family and people you have to worry about mm-hmm. that's how i feel like i used to feel like that about hitchhikers in arizona mm-hmm. like there are like even not hitchhikers but more like uh people stuck on the side of the road yeah like i'm very much like i'm not a car savvy person but i would love to stop by and help people like Hey, I'll give you a ride to the gas station or whatever. And like, it used to make sense for me back in the day where I'm like, oh, like I drive a truck. I can just have them sit in the back, like of the bed of the truck or whatever. But even then there's a danger of like, just even having someone in proximity to you that you don't know. Yeah. They could be trying to hurt you or something. You never know. Right. Yeah. There like, there have been reports of people who like just pretend to be stuck on the side of the road and they use that as like a Excuse. way to smug yep. you. Yeah. It's wild. It's scary. I mean, and th- so like to have SpongeBob like open up his home. Luckily, yeah. he knew Squidward, but that's still, it's still a lot. But living in New York, you have people stay on your couch, and it is like taxing to have someone in your home, even if they're people that you enjoy, you know. And for months and months and months, like, poor yeah, SpongeBob, not, we're not talking like a week. Yeah, no, or anything. like so long that the narrator actually left and had to get a new one. Right. <laughs> Fun fact: That's D. Bradley Baker, one of my favorite voice actors. Nice. <laughs> so. Uh, I've, I saw that on the wiki, but I like how Gary tells it as it is. Yeah. He's like, Oh, like he's a freeloader. Yeah. Well, it's Gary's home too. Right. I'm sure that mm-hmm. Gary is being affected by this just as much as SpongeBob is, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. And like some of the stuff that Squidward's making him do, I think he was like, at first he seemed like it was being kind of like really humble about it, but then he was like having him buff his head and wear this like maid uniform and like the whole three. Yeah, do you think that's thing. a fetish? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> like uh do you think that's just specifically i think if do you think spongebob offered it no because at the end spongebob's like he, he puts he it puts on. on the i think that uh, was just him being like well i'm gonna have to go back to this life now <laughs> you know it's or been do you so think long now it's a comfort it's oh. a comfort where he's like oh it's like I'm a stockholm syndrome man. thing mm-hmm. somehow <laughs> conditioning yikes i would think that it would be like if anything that squidward wants it's he wants to be like squilliam we've seen that time and time again mm-hmm. he wants that fancy lifestyle so maybe he wants that made so maybe it is like a fetish kind of thing or just whatever yeah it's like a sick fantasy he has to have people <laughs> work for him so job was very accommodating yeah a little too like accommodating a, a, a nose rub where do you think he went wrong like was it i think he went wrong the moment he let squidward lay in his bed yeah yeah i mean the, he should have had squidward stay on the couch you know if it was going to yeah. and I think that's part of it is just like having him be in the bed. It was like, well, this is now a long-term thing, right? If and you, the thing is, he should have he. We've had this almost a very similar. Um, oh, like I would I would argue this is a recycle because we had the Flying Dutchman stay on SpongeBob's couch before. Yeah. Uh, in an episode, it's almost like identical, except for like the Dutchman was more like a lazy slob. That like was down on his luck instead of Squidward, and Squidward's more of like, oh, I'm a mooch. Yeah, 
take advantage of it. Yeah. But SpongeBob should know this. He should be able to. It's his own naivety that like gets him, you know. And that's mm-hmm. what's crazy is how he turns around in the end. Like how violent and scary SpongeBob becomes was like mm-hmm. wild to me. Like how he's screaming in uh uh Squidward's face. Like that's like a meme face that I've seen of like that reaction of uh SpongeBob. <laughs> oh yeah. And then he calls Mr. Krabs a cheap crustaceous he was like cheapskate again. Choking out Mr. Krabs. Yeah, that was yeah. like it was straight up like superhuman godlike strength oh, yeah. that he just lifted Mr. Krabs and shook him around yeah. like a dog. It was great. It was wild like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really really intense mm-hmm. i i don't think i could ever like be that uh, mad at like a boss and like lift them up into the air with their throat yeah it's a lot of arm strength but it try lifting people up by their throat it's very very, very hard. hard yeah <laughs> but it did produce that old dime which i kind of wanted to talk about like how long has he been in business that was like ancient like i'm assuming like caveman status right i remember i told you that i've had that theory where like like it's like an avatar situation yeah. and SpongeBob just reincarnates and reincarnates. Maybe it's the same thing for all the denizens of Bikini Bottom. Wow. Before the big radiation spike mutated them into weirdos. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up is maybe it's my dirty mind, but does he have sex with that dime? Oh. Because he's like, leave me in the dime alone. You know, I would. He, I he very suggestively I like holds it. Hundred percent wouldn't put it past Mr. Krabs to have some sort of fetish with money. So I would believe it. But not like fin. He's like a fin dom, but like not in, not where he pays people money, but he people pay him. My, yeah. <laughs> so he's like any corporation. Exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. Disgusting. Uh, one small lesson I have is don't be a freeloader Good. from this yeah. and keep your special possessions safe. I can't tell you how many times I know people are like, Oh, like this ring means a lot to me. And then I see them like leave them around the house or do something like that. And I'm like, I'm very much like, Oh, I'm going to put my wallet in this bowl in like, and yeah, sometimes I forget, but like I have a little bowl of like my, um, but you have a space for it. Yeah. yeah, like my keys and stuff like that. Yeah, and you need you need that. I especially need that because I'm always like just putting it down. Well, I think everyone needs that. I think it's like it's mm-hmm. important for you to have places where you keep stuff. Like if you have items that are important to you, you have to know where it's going to be. You know, it's like having your passport or your birth certificate. Like have it somewhere that you know where it's going to be in case you need it for some yeah. reason. So one thing I definitely got was don't be a freeloader. Yeah, because uh, you know. Use people's kindness to the best. Like, I don't know. And I feel like it goes the other way around too is like one lesson is if you're going to help someone in their time of need, you need to be prepared to help them with their, in their time of need. Yeah. There are, there have been people in my life who are like, I can help you. And then, and I think it's very clear if someone's going to help you or you're going to help them that you establish a boundary. You say, I can help you. You can do this for, you know, a week. And every time I've had like a problem or, or even like, oh, um, I'll lend you money because that's one thing that I think is a really big thing is lending people money if they ask for money. I remember I made that mistake in college. I lent a good friend of mine $200 to help pay a towing situation. 
they've still not paid me back. But I never once said, you need to pay me back at a certain amount of time. Yeah. And it's hard with friends because you don't want to get make them feel like they like have to immediately pay it back or whatever. Yeah. But then you get I mean, I, there's multiple times I've been like taken advantage by friends and stuff too, or like you're doing something nice for them and like they're like, Oh, well, I'll buy you dinner dinner. I was like, Okay, well I helped you do like this entire thing like that you should have paid a ton of people for, but whatever. Yeah, so I just think it's very important to like if you're gonna help someone, you say, I'm gonna help you for X amount of time. You can stay on my couch for a month. You can stay on my couch for a week. You can borrow this amount of money, but I expect you to pay it back this and then hold them accountable for those things. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think you should ever lend anyone money unless you really, really trust them. Even family, like my parents always tell me like family money don't mix. And I still actually believe that because... Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because if you like, again, you don't know... Because, like, there are people who have every intention of paying you back, but then they can't because they are in a bad spot. And sometimes you just need to let them do what they need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the only other, like, lesson, uh, there's, I mean, a bunch of little lessons and stuff in this one. But I think the biggest mm-hmm. one is, like, don't assume things, like, oh, makes yeah. an a- out of you and me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how this whole conflict started is just Squidward or Mr. Krabs assumed that Squidward stole this dime. And then at the very end, he assumed that Squidward was the one that misplaced it in his pocket or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's, and it's not, it's just not taking responsibility for the actions that you have. Yeah. And then those people around you are just stuck dressed up as French maids. Yeah. Time for our newly, well, it's not that new. It's three three times in. The Wumbo lesson. You ready? I'm ready for the Wumbo lesson. I like Wumbo. I really like the Wumbo. Yeah, I think we're going to commit to it. Yeah. Unless unless someone writes in and complains to us, I think we're just going to keep it as the Wumbo lesson. Yeah. Done. Although I do miss saying big old lesson. We'll switch it. We said we'll switch it up every once in a while. Big old Wumbo lesson. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> So uh, I'll go ahead and start this one off this this week because mine is pretty simple and I'm afraid that it's going to be almost exactly what you have. But I it was the only real thread that I really wanted to harp on for for both acts. Okay. Is don't quit your job on a whim. Oh, okay. It's different than what I got, but. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell you how many people I know that kind of just like. I've had friends that reach out to me and they're like, oh, like, I really hate my work, blah, 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 blah. And like that week they want to quit. And I'm like, well, if you can tough it out, you should save up your money and then quit when you have another job lined up. Cause just, yeah, yeah just cause you're, you can, I mean, you can be using company time to find another job if you can get away with it, you know? And there's, everyone has bad days too at work. And that's always mm-hmm. important to remember, I think. Yeah. I think it's very rare in my life I would ever just quit a gig immediately on the spot. Yeah. And like unless something like really like bad happened where someone like cussed me out or was like and I've been on like shoots where people have yelled at me, but again, like at the time I was, you know, we were doing it for f- it was more of like a personal thing than like a work thing. You know, yeah. I wasn't getting paid. They weren't my superior. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, but well, and it, like, I don't think I would ever, unless like it was a really, really like someone was being really, really rude. Cause a lot, a lot of the stuff like that happens in production where people yell at each other. And then after they're like, it was just in the moment, yeah. you know, it's just a lack of communication skills and not really like actual anger. Yeah. 
when you're but i feel like so many people like try to just quit jobs just because they had time yeah once yeah well and it thinks it's especially hard for people like in our industry and stuff is because if you quit one job like you ruin that contact you don't know how that's going to come back and bite you eventually right yeah. So I, that's why I'm always like weary. I'm like, this job may really, really, really suck, but I have to like put on a smile because this could lead to something sometime down the road, right? So yeah, and you could you can even quitting for a good reason, like you'd be like, oh, the director was sexist, the someone said something racial, uh, like racial to me that wasn't very, very kind, stuff like that, or like even just like, oh, this is an unsafe work environment. And you you quit for your own safety. You have to make those judgment calls with a clean and level head. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I've been on shoots where like someone like dropped out because they didn't feel like very comfortable on set. And instead of addressing the issues before, they like decided to just do it. You know. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes you can use a little bit of your negotiation power because sometimes people don't know that it's a horrible, horrible experience for you. Well, it, it, I, and that's one of the lessons I've learned in life is like, as long as you express that and you're honest about it, you know, usually it comes back because then people appreciate you a little bit more. They're like, all right, well, you handle this very well. Like for someone like being thrown into this crappy situation, like next time mm-hmm. we'll work with you, we'll throw you a little bit more money or we'll let you do a little bit more or whatever. You know, I think it will let you pick who you work with, yeah. like, you know, some type of thing. Yeah. Like, and I know it's more complicated in like a salaried environment where you're like working corporate or with people who you're see- meeting or seeing, but like, that's what HR is for. If you have it, that's what your union's for. If you have that, but it's like most freelancers don't have access to that, but that's where your communication skills come in. You talk to the person who you're working for, or if you're the person in charge, you have to address that for the people below you. Yeah. And like, if you can't make the accommodations you either tough it out or you you pick you know you if it's you worth leaving guilt yeah 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 but that was one thing that really struck me about this episode is because like squidward like it was it made a lot of sense he picked mr krabs didn't trust him and he took offense to that and he took offense to that and i'm sure it's not the last time or if- it's not the first i mean it's not the first time that squidward has felt uh accused in the crusty crab yeah but it was very obvious he was like, I can't believe you're accusing me of stealing your items. Yeah. You know, that's like a pretty heavy accusation. Yeah, especially from a boss. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, he works to register every day, you know? Yeah. yeah. You, if he wanted to steal money, he could have stealed money. Yeah, I mean, money and that's, that's something he's like attacking his character. And that, you know, that can be <laughs> times. I got that you shouldn't let your pride get the best of you. Uh, nice. And that's like, we see that in Act 1. Uh, Spongebob went way and beyond. His ego, like, blew up, and that was all his pride from being in this, like, crappy little commercial that he wasn't really even in that much. Um, mm-hmm. And he let it basically, like, he could probably could have lost his job at some point if he would kept acting like that, you know? Yeah. Um, And then in Act 2, I think both the pride of Squidward, like, not asking for help um right away if something was going on like led to this whole situation where he ended up losing his home apparently mm-hmm. and then not wanting to look for a job because he didn't want to be proved wrong and then mr Krabs not admitting that he was wrong there's a whole bunch of issues with the pride so that's that's what i got from that it's just like keep your pride in check it is a seven deadly sin for a reason <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it's like I I completely agree. There's multiple times where, again, that very first instant, Squidward could have just been like, you know what? Let's look for that dime and let's try to find it. Yeah, kept it. Same with Mr. Krabs. Like I, like if this is a prized possession, where would I put it? Like on my person, you know? How did he not fill that giant dime to begin with? This is the question. I don't know. He's Mr. Krabs, pretty thick. So. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got a thick wallet too, so I'm sure it, it's not. It's not a light load he's carrying around. No, definitely not. But no. And then, like, even I think SpongeBob putting away, I think he showed a little bit of pride. Like, he, he wanted to pride himself on being, like, a very helpful person. Yeah. And I think if he had looked a little bit past that and been like, hey, come on. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, the pride of being a helpful person and being a good friend, because that's what he said. He's like, I'm a good friend. I want to be able to help, you know? Yeah, and like I, I always tell people, like people do good deeds because they want to feel good about doing oh, yeah. good deeds. Like there is the aspect of helping someone else, but the selfish thing about helping someone else is that it makes you feel good. Yeah, and I feel like there is a pride behind that. And he even says that when he's like going to bed, where he's just like, "Oh, it feels good to do good." Yeah. Well, and like it's it's good. Yeah, but still, it's a good kind of selfishness, but still, it does it can be as you as we saw like it could lead to a, a bad situation. Yeah. yeah. And that's where like, I feel like pride affected him in that way yeah. where he's like, he was proud that he was doing uh, a good deed and being a good friend, but he couldn't look past it to like realize that he was being, he taken. Was being taken advantage yep. of. Yeah. There's not a lot going on in this episode, but it's the, the moral conundrums are very, oh, yeah. very complex. No, it was good. Like, it was good that we were able to, like, we had a lot of, like, good conversations this the episode because of these, like, again, these weren't the most intense episodes, but mm-hmm. because of what they bring up, I think it does bring up a lot of topics that we don't run into every day. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you want to send us any comments or suggestions, you know how to reach us, ismainispodcast.com. Or email us at ismanispodcast at gmail.com. We actually got an email pretty recently that we might talk about in a coming episode, but we definitely enjoyed that. We've been getting a couple more emails from people we don't know. Keep we it like coming. It. It's great. Yes. Yeah. We want them. We need them. I need we, it. <laughs> we need it. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And be sure to share with your friends and your enemies and to comment on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, or wherever you get our horrible, horrible, horribly good podcast. Hey, See I saw it around there. Killing it. <laughs> yeah, that was a very solid episode, Josh. I think we did a good job. I think we're getting better and better at like co hosting, you know? Oh, I definitely think so. You know, I think we're kind of like brothers, but only closer. What the f? <laughs> <laughs>